Hello and welcome back to We Speak Beauty. I'm Lottie. And I'm Lindsay. And before we get started, I'd like to remind listeners to check us out at We Speak Beauty on all social platforms and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We appreciate all of the feedback. And if you'd like to support us, please consider browsing our merch at wespeakbeauty.pro. So today we're going to flip the script a little bit. Surprise, I'm opening the show. (laughs) Um, No, the reason I wanted to open um, our podcast today is because this past week, Lottie had an amazing opportunity and I just wanted to celebrate her for it. Um, She was the featured artist for one of the Mac Pro masterclasses by invite only. And um, it was just a really cool event. And I had so much fun watching you work. And I love when you get to do create like cool, creative stuff. And so especially glitter on Caitlin (laughs) on stage. um, I don't you probably couldn't see it. But the light when you were puffing the glitter in that bright light, I mean, it was just (laughs) made all of my happiness tingle everywhere. (laughs) But I'm really proud of you as a friend. And I'm so glad that you had that opportunity. Lindsay Lindsay wanted me to to talk about it and boast about myself, but I refused. So she said she wanted to take over. So I'm allowing her this. (laughs) I was like, as co-host, I'm taking control here. But actually, one of the reasons I kind of wanted to talk about it a little bit is that, um, you know, you had this really great interview session with John Stapleton on stage. And one of the questions that he asked you was about mood boards. And you were kind of like, yep, I don't really do them. I don't really work in that way. And there was kind of a rumbled, ooh. (laughs) Was there? I I couldn't hear anything. (laughs) Yeah, it was hard on stage. It was so bright. You couldn't see anybody from up there um, out in the crowd. But I found it kind of telling. I was like, hmm, because we've talked, you and I have talked a little bit um, about different topics and mood boards we've brought up a few times. And um, I'm inspired by the fact that you don't use them. um, But I've also been in your space a long time to understand what that looks like. Um, I have a very different experience. Um, I'm throwing mood boards constantly. And I've been asked so many times to create the mood boards. Um, and so I just thought like we should have a conver- like expand outside of that masterclass moment and talk about this whole like mood boards and expand on that and working with creatives. Yeah, I think it's a good topic to have because as I'm learning, I feel like I'm in the minority when it comes to not working with mood boards. And I want to clarify because obviously I work with mood boards. But when it comes to the makeup, I try not mm-hmm. to look at the makeup section or I'll just skim over it if it's a paid campaign job, then of course I have to look at it in detail and discuss it and have conference calls and things like that. And that's absolutely normal for me. But I do find that I'm lucky in the fact that most people who hire me trust me and don't try to push me into doing something that they have an idea about, if that makes sense. Because, you know, I think that a lot of people can fall into this trap where they look at a mood board and they feel like they can't have any freedom outside of that look and they have to do exactly what they're told. And if it is a, if it's a campaign, then you kind of do, you kind of have to do what they want you to do, but I still will stand my ground and I still will give my opinion and I will still give out different ideas because I, I really try hard not to copy other people's work or ideas or be you know, influenced by them in some way, which is why I stopped endlessly scrolling on Instagram, because I think whether you realize it or not, you are influenced by everything you look at. And, you know, you know, Lindsay, one of my least favorite questions in the world is, where do you get your inspiration? Because I I can't answer it. You know, I'm inspired in the moment. (laughs) Yeah, it's from from everything. It could be I'm pulling from a resource of something that I saw 20 years ago or something I saw yesterday, or maybe it's nothing outside of the shoot itself or the model herself. The model's bone structure. You know, and, and when you're working with celebrities, it's different too, because then it's definitely more of a collaborative thing. You know, I, I work with musicians and a lot of times they have a very set aesthetic and you can't veer from that because that's their identity, you know, and you have to take all that stuff into consideration. But yeah, I think this is a good conversation to have because apparently most people prefer mood boards and are, or feel like they have to use them and, and follow the quote unquote rules of a mood board. Yeah. I would say first off, there's, there's, as you were talking, I kind of realized like, you know, there's actually several different terms for them. So mood boards are one and then decks are another. 
You know, like I think you when you were talking about like, you know, there's there's conference calls and, you know, Zoom conversations and things like that and ideas getting thrown back and forth. But that that comes like with campaigns and paid jobs and things. Those are decks. And to me, that feels more like this is just simply the overall direction that we have to go in for this campaign or for this product that we're selling. And that that makes a lot of sense that, you know, of course, you kind of have to wade through those as an artist. The mood boards, I think, have gotten, especially for makeup and hair people, it's gotten out of control in mood boarding for a test or a spec shoot or mood boarding for an editorial. Um, My experiences in New York, um, when I first moved there 10 years ago, I would get sent a mood board sometimes, and it wouldn't really be makeup specific. It would be like, I'm inspired by this painter and I really am feeling these are the clothes that the stylist pulled. What do you guys think? And then I could say, well, I'm going to do some blue and green makeup and I think maybe a red lip at some point. Or I just say, you know, based on kind of what's going on with clothes, I'm just going to do really neutral. I don't think I need to have a, a, you know, a big platform as my makeup. But things began to super transition um, about five years ago to where photographers, if I would reach out to them and say, hey, I'd love to do a test, you know, beauty shoot with you if you're interested. I already have the model. Like I would pull teams together and then be like, hey, photographer, look what I have to offer you. You didn't have to do a thing. And photographers actually started asking me or demanding. I don't even want to say asking. Well, if you want to test with me, I need to see five mood boards. boards. And I was like, okay, bye. (laughs) No joke. Well, but I was like, I really, I really, really wanted to work with this beauty photographer. And I was just like, is this the barrier to entry? Is this like, is every makeup artist that I know, like, are they mood boarding? Um, But of course, I was too, like, too timid to be able to ask any of my fellow artists, like, hey, did you have to throw together mood boards? It just seems a little odd. And so I did give over control to that. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll, okay, I'm going to mood board. And for example, I had like opals because I was really fascinated with opals. And there was like those little bits of neon with like darker colors. And I'm like, well, maybe we can just, so I literally put pictures of opals. (laughs) I'm like, this is my inspo. So I am not stuck with, you know, here's a liner and here's a lip and you expect it. And then if I don't do it, then you're mad at me or you're like, well, she failed. Um, And then I had one that was like water and goopy oil slicky things and then I had one that was uh neon signs um and that was it it was very just here are some things that inspire me and I didn't like it a lot but I'm like well this is the direction I'd want to go so I sent them over and there were several more like (laughs) ones that I did and then the message back was I don't see any makeup here what are you going to do for makeup okay I'm going to interrupt you here what the hell No, I'm going to interrupt you because yeah. This is my number one issue with mood boards. Sure. Or or creative decks, whatever you want to call it. This is my number one issue and why I don't like yeah. them. And I think that the industry needs to change. I understand why people yes. need them from a production standpoint because they want to make sure they're not getting into a situation where the person doesn't know what they're doing or know what to expect on their end or they need to be prepared for lighting. Or I understand that part. And I think that that can be a conversation. Mm-hmm without pushing ideas out there. And the reason why I think it's bad to focus on a mood board and really like pinpoint makeup looks is because, well, several reasons, but mostly because not everybody looks the same. So if you don't even have a model set for the shoot, how are you supposed to, you know, come up with creative ideas without knowing who your talent is? And you know, I'm lucky enough that a lot of the photographers that I've worked with yeah. will include me in the casting, but that is a rarity. Not mo- most makeup artists don't have that option. Yes. So if you say, okay, for I'll, I'll just throw an example out there. Say you really want to do um, a lip story, right? You want like super glossy, big, juicy lip story, macro. And you plan this out. Maybe you want to do designs on the lips and it's going to be all lip focused, right? You're going to do all this stuff. And you put that on your mood board and you send it to a photographer. Photographer's like, this is amazing. You've never worked with this photographer. You don't know what to expect. They're not going to include you in the rest of the casting for the shoot or for casting the talent. Then you get your model and she comes in and she's Mm -hmm. drop dead gorgeous, has the most amazing, huge blue eyes and no lips. Obviously, you have a problem. Pencil You're lips. not going to be able to do a <laughs> yeah. macro lip story on somebody who has very thin lips. 
right? So this is just an exa- one example yeah. of why I think mood yeah. boards are a bad idea. Another reason is because okay. accidents happen. Sometimes a model gets sick. Sometimes they get a paid job. Sometimes they miss their train. Sometimes their agent doesn't send them the call sheet. That model doesn't show up at the very last minute. They switch the model. Maybe it's a completely different ethnicity. Maybe it's a completely different sex or gender. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is, is that you mm-hmm. have to then yeah. try and figure out how to make your original concept and idea work on somebody who is completely different. And this actually happened to me sort of right. recently because, you know, I was doing the class uh, for Mac and I had a different model. I had reached out to my two favorite models and one of them got back to me before the other one did. So I had already confirmed that model. And at the very last minute, that model <laughs> got a big job and couldn't do it. So in the time leading up to my class, I was already like gathering loose ideas about what I wanted to do based on that model that I had confirmed. Well, because that changed, because nobody knew what I had planned, it was all in my mind, not that I had it planned, but my loose plan, (laughs) I could switch that and then change it and do whatever I wanted. (laughs) And I think that that is a healthier way to work. Right. Just keep it to yourself. Whether you have a very like detailed plan or whether you just have a loose idea like, you know what, I'm going to work in all pinks today. You have to be able to work on the fly as an artist and be able to change direction. And that becomes a problem when people get fixated on something they saw on a mood board. Well, you said you were going to do a lip story. Yes. And And I rented this macro lens and we're doing mm -hmm. a lip story. Exactly. You know, and I have this certain lighting and, and, you know, I got props, whatever, whatever the situation is. You know, there's always going to be an issue because they've already decided that that's what's going to happen. And not all photographers are good at switching things up yeah. or working on the fly themselves. And and getting, like you were saying, getting fixated, like when they get, that's what I have decided that it's what I hate the most about the mood boards. And, and honestly, going back to this, this photographer that wanted these five mood boards, when I finally started, I was like, I don't want to give you super specifics because I don't know who the model is. And it's exactly what you were just saying. And they picked a model and I was like, okay, big, like a lot of like high cheekbone, wide face. Like there was a lot of, you know, skin and cheek and forehead. And I was like, this is great because what I wanted to do, what we decided on, I I was like, this is going to work with the aesthetic I want to have. But then I'm showing like a few different, like, I I hated showing makeup, because I'm like, if I show this to you, and it's like, you're, I don't know how you're lighting it. I don't know how it could really go bad. Um, And so I was like, just use these as a very loose kind of conceptual thing. I'm not tying myself to that purple shade is exactly what I will use. And they were like, okay. And literally the night before the shoot, that model got a job and we got a different model and I was not impressed. Like I was just like, it's fine. But like for, you know what we're saying, like with creative beauty, you need very like certain things about these models features. And I was like, this just went up in smoke in my head. And I'm like, I know that I can pivot to something else, but I was panicking because now this photographer who's so specific about me spending and wasting so much time in putting together these damn mood boards that by the time we get to the shoot, it's like, they literally like, oh, but no, there was no, there was no brow. So why are you doing a little bit of brow? And I'm like, cause she needs structure or why did like, no, I don't want this erase it. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, they were literally too like literal about the mood board. And it broke my heart because this was my first opportunity to work with this photographer that I've been dying to work with. And then I felt like my hands were completely tied. The shoot came out great. It's in my book, but I just feel like it's that struggle and and from literally from that shoot on, it almost became a standard with photographers as I was reaching out to them. And I still to this day do not understand. I don't know if it's an insecurity on their side that they're they're bringing in makeup artists that just literally cannot deliver. I think that's part of it. Yeah. Or if they're like I was sitting with a photographer one day um, at a, at a job uh, over lunch and they were just like on their laptop, just furiously doing stuff. And I'm like, what you got going over there? You're just trying to be cute and, you know, connect with them. And they're like, oh my gosh, we have like three mood board, like three decks that we have to present to the client. And apparently he was like, this is a new thing. Like clients now want us to do all of like a deck production, even just to be considered for the job. And I was like, 
what? And he's like, it takes us hours. We spend so many hours putting this stuff together and we don't even have yeah, a job Yeah, and that's yet. a problem in itself. And I was like, wow. And I, I kind of wondered, but I wondered if that's a trickle effect too of like now photographers, like we're doing all this work, like we need other people to do it too because we're, we're, we're not going to curate an entire deck of hair, makeup, wardrobe, lighting, location, model, nails, da-da-da um, on our own. I don't, I don't know. It's just literally assumption. I think it depends on the photographer. You know, if you are working with a photographer who is very experienced and has been around the block, then chances are that they've worked before that this was a requirement. So they're okay. And if they're a confident photographer Mm -hmm. and they have confidence in you as an artist, then you're in a good place. If you're working with somebody who is maybe newer to photography or to the industry, or maybe they've been burned or they've worked with really unexperienced, inexperienced people, that that causes a problem and then it kind of, yeah. it, it does trickle down because then I'm the one who gets punished. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, all of a sudden right, I'm the right. one who people exactly. aren't trusting because they got burned from a different makeup artist who didn't bring anything to the table, didn't have any ideas, couldn't work on the fly, or just didn't have the ability to deliver what they said that they would do. So I think it really just comes down to finding your people and, and people who have a similar aesthetic yeah. to you, people who trust you. And if they don't trust you, then you build that trust. You know, you say, maybe you compromise. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, I don't normally work with mood boards, but, you know, I'll throw some ideas your way or I'll have a look at yours. But I also feel like, you know, it's kind of a complicated topic, Lindsay, because with photographers, they really are the ones who are risking the most because they are spending a lot of money, you know, maybe they're paying for a studio. A lot of times they have to pay for the models cars to and from the set. They have to pay for the food. They have Mm -hmm. to pay for the retouching. They have to hire assistants. They maybe have to, you know, rent equipment, whereas makeup and hair people, we just kind of roll in and do our job. So I understand that kind of panic and that they want a security, but I also think it's bent more, yeah, it's like an maybe more beneficial for them to do their own mood boards. And most people that I've worked with, if I tell them how I work, yeah. they're usually fine with that as long as I give them a general idea about what I want to do. Um, but a lot of times they'll have sure. a very specific, detailed creative deck or mood board, whatever you want to call it. And, um, you know, you can say, oh, I really like this lighting that you're planning. And that helps you. So you don't necessarily have to create a mood board, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't always work the other way around. So if you're creating a mood board and you say, you know what, I want to do this amazing glitter story. Do you know how hard it is to find photographers who can photograph glitter? It seems like it would be simple. Yes, I do. (laughs) It seems like it would be really simple, but it's not. I would say 90% of photographers don't know how to capture glitter the way it should be captured. (laughs) <laughs> I agreed. So yeah, I agree. for you to create a mood yeah. board and you have these grandiose ideas, but they don't know how to light it. I mean, where is that going to get you? It's going to be a waste of your time. So it's almost better if the photographer oh, creates the, nothing burger. the deck or the mood board and then you bounce off of that. But, you know, I just think as an artist this day and age, we're already yeah. inundated with makeup. We're already inundated with looks, you know between Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and mag, not magazines anymore, but just all these things are constantly, yeah, all these things are constantly shoved in our face. So it's really hard to not be influenced by outside sources. So if you're adding another outside source of creativity, I think it just, it blocks you in a way. And um, I just personally don't like working like that. You know, I, prefer to be inspired in the moment and go with how I'm feeling or whatever the clothes are, whatever the lighting is, um, the model's bone structure, eye color, lip shape, whatever it is. I just think that for me personally, my best work is done like that. And my least favorite shoots are the ones where I've been told what to do and not given any creative freedom. Yeah. If you seek clean, natural-looking photo retouching with a fast turnaround, visit theimageclinic.com. Advertising, beauty, editorial, and still-life photography. No project too big or too small, and the best rates you've seen. Mention We Speak Beauty and receive a 30% discount on your first project. 
theimageclinic.com, photo retouching par excellence. I think for newer artists coming up in the in the industry now, because mood boarding is so heavily pushed or requested or required. I mean, I'm telling you, it's constant for me. Or maybe maybe I'm I just the only it. one. <laughs> Am I just the only person that gets this like mood board inundation? But um, for younger artists in the industry, if it, if that's what your experiences are in the beginning. I think it becomes such a, it can become a crutch of like of a security blanket. Well, this is what they want. And so I'm going to give them exactly what they want, which can also be a bad thing because it could lead you into copying Mm -hmm. other artists who have done big covers that are known for like X, Y, and Z type of a look. And the whole world knows that look from that one artist. But if you're not as maybe like, um, you just don't have that index in your head of like all the shoots that have ever been been on the planet. You may not have the context of that shot. And then you have a brand telling you we like do that or you have a mood board that's saying like this is exactly what we want. And then you just get slammed later because you innocently were like, well, I'm just going to appease them. That's what they want. It looks exciting and I'm going to do it. Next thing you know, you've copied. Um, and, and pulling away from a mood board is hard. It's like taking the training wheels off. I mean, the first few times where I was like, I'm not going to try a mood board. I've watched Lottie do this. Like if she can do it, I'm going to be inspired. I'm going to try. And it is really terrifying to kind of say, well, my brain is empty. (laughs) Um, but it's really not, you know what I mean? Where you're just like, well, there's no mood board and now I'm blank. But, but all of a sudden you, I feel like it gave, it removed this weird pressure that I didn't realize was like sitting in the back of my head or this expectation. And now I was able to look at the model and I'm like, wow, this was a lip story and she, her lips really aren't great. So instead of feeling this pressure of just like, well, I'm told this and robotically go do it. That was like, oh no, this is not a good thing. So then you have to go have that conversation. And I think that that conversation with a photographer or art director is actually the healthier acknowledgement. Like it helps them also understand like, hey, this model you casted, she's beautiful, but that lip isn't great. It sets you up as someone who actually is a part of um, the process and you pay attention and you're putting integrity into your work and you're helping them avoid but you're disaster. Also, um, you know, or not that it's a disaster, but you're, you're helping also them. letting everybody know that you are experienced and you know what you're talking about. If you are panicked or worried yeah. and you know it's not going to look good, but you do it anyway, then it's on you. Because that's your work. That's your reputation. And if for you to say, well, yeah. I just did what they told me, that doesn't make you look good. As an as an experienced professional, yeah. you're hired on a shoot based on your experience and your work. So they're thinking about other things. And it's your job mm-hmm. to say, you know what, I just want to have a conversation because I know we originally planned on doing a lip story. But if you notice, the model's lips are not, you know, they're not ideal for doing what we wanted to do conceptually. So can we have a conversation and maybe change the direction? Maybe we do an eye story instead, or maybe it's about the skin, you know? And I think the biggest problem Mm -hmm. in our industry with makeup artists is that they feel they don't have a voice and they're too scared to say something, but you have to remember that you're there for a reason. You've been hired for a reason and you need to find your voice and you need to let people know your thoughts and your opinions. And I know it seems scary and you don't have to do it in a bitchy way. Like, I'm not going to do that. That That's going to look like shit. You know, that's not the way to do <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it. You do it like I just suggested or, you know, and you have those conversations, but I can guarantee you because <laughs> I've been lucky enough to work with many, many, many beauty brands on campaigns. And I cannot tell you how many times they try to shove looks down my throat. I will always stand my ground yeah. and say, these words. I really like what's on the mood board, but I don't want to copy anybody. So are you open to me doing it in my way? The second that you say the word copy, they'll say, oh yeah, of course, we don't want you to copy anything. But if you don't say that, they're not even thinking about that because that doesn't come into their world. They're not the ones who are going to be attacked by the makeup army who is protecting their favorite artist and knows mm-hmm. that you copied them. You know, they're not right. around. They don't care. They don't even know about it. So I guarantee you, if you use that yeah. word and let people know it's a bad idea to copy something, 
you're going to snap it into their brain and go, oh, yeah, you're right. No, we don't want to copy it. You know, this is just a general idea. Or maybe we just liked that the brows were full. Or, you know, you don't even know why they've picked those photos. So ask questions. You know, what is it that you like about this image? Is it the Mm -hmm. shape? Is it the color? Yes. Is it the fluffiness of the brow? Like, let me know specifically, because I don't want to copy this image, but I want to know what it is that you're looking for exactly. And I can make it my way. Mm -hmm. And I think that that puts you in a really good position. That's what I do on every single campaign, every single one. And I haven't had any issues. I vouch for that. <laughs> I vouch for that because I've seen it in, and in even, real life you know, I've even <laughs> many times. gotten into it with brand owners sometimes, not in a bad way, but just in a, I get where you're coming yeah. from, but I really feel strongly about this. I don't think it's going to work on this model or I don't think it's going to work yeah. um, in this lighting or whatever the situation is. And, you know, you might have to fight a little bit, but do yeah. it in a nice professional way and people respect you and they'll think, you know what? I really like her. She knows what she's talking about and she was right. And I've had so many people, Oh, you were so right. I'm so glad you said something about that. Yeah, absolutely. And that brings, it just brings more weight for you as an artist to the table that like you, you are bringing something of value to them other than just being, you know, like a face painter in the corner doing what you're told. Like we have more power than we realize and not that we're like, we have to be a bull in a China shop, but to be able to walk into that space with a lot more confidence and respect, like these people, you know, they, it's not that they know all and that they're like forcing a copy. It's just like, this is what they're using. They are very literal. This is what they're expecting. But to have an artist that can come in and say, Hey, this was used on this, or I saw this over here. And I, or I really think that we should kind of pivot a little bit, but I love how you're always like, can I try it in my own way? And obviously it's makeup. If you don't like it, we wipe it off and we, you know, we'll go another direction. And um, everybody, every time you do that, you go and do a makeup and it's, you know, it's in the spirit of maybe what they wanted, but it's not exactly to, you know, what was on the board. And then they're just like, oh my gosh, I love this. And it's because it's something they hadn't thought of. And it becomes a little more original. Um, And I think they feel more inspired too. Like, wow, that was really inspirational. And you're kind of, you're kind of cool. You know, you, you know, well, if you're lucky, you have that reaction. (laughs) <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you get a reaction at all. Yeah. Sometimes it's not, but, but I, I just think that, or they're like, well, we still want that. Yeah. And I've, <laughs> I've been on jobs where they push and they push and they push and I say, okay, you know, I'll do what you want me to do, but if it doesn't work, can we try it my way? You know, and nine times out of 10, that's what happens. Yeah. So just be prepared as an artist to speak your mind and give your opinion <laughs> and, you know, remember that you're hired for these jobs or shoots because of your work and because of your experience and because of your opinions. And don't feel like you don't have a voice and don't feel like you have to be painted into a corner and and do this thing that doesn't feel comfortable or that you know is going to look bad or maybe you don't even know how to do. You know, whatever it is, you got to speak up. Like I, I did a campaign recently and um, two of the talent were drag artists. And I was completely transparent on the conference call. I said, you know what? I think it's really important that we have a conversation with the drag artists. And because they spend years and years developing their look and it's a certain type of character. And mm-hmm. I think it's important that we respect that. And I, you don't just like have me come in and change their look because, you know, they wanted it to be different. They wanted right. to be watered down. And I said, well, why are you hiring a drag artist if you want their look to be watered down? It doesn't make sense to me. And once I said that, then the hairstylist said, yeah, actually, I agree with Lottie. I think that's important. And we need to talk to them also about the hair. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people are scared. I don't know why. I mean, I think, yeah, yeah, but it should be a collaboration, you know, and if they don't agree with you or if they just aren't going to play nice, then they're not. But at least you tried. I think people are worried too, and I I understand it. You're worried about like one day you're in, one day you're out. Like maybe I'm going to be seen as contrarian or difficult or throwing a wrench in something or making them have to pivot in a way that costs them money and I don't want to jeopardize my own money. So then you get in this place of compliance um, and it's it's just not as effective, I think, or healthy. 
I've gotten better, a lot better at communicating ahead of a shoot to prevent what I can foresee potentially happening um, with certain types of mood boards or talent and stuff where I'll just start asking very specific questions. If the mood board is like all macro lips, I'm like, so I would love to see the casting for the models if that's possible, because this is going to require a very specific full lush lip. Like we really can't have any th- smaller lip models. And then all of a sudden someone will be like, oh, well, here's who's who we were thinking of. And then I'll see, you know, and you're just like, well, her lips are going to be really small for if you want that much look on the lips, you know, and you you can just have a lot more of an effective conversation um, so that by the time you get into the job, you're not as challenged by, you know, just kind of what rolls in. Um, so I think, again, it, it comes back to being able to use our voice and realizing that it's not aggressive. You can respectfully assert your opinion. And that really is like they're paying you the money because they do not realize that they respect yeah. your opinion until yeah. you give one. And if you're not giving it, then they don't know what you have and to give. This day and age, a lot of people rely on Instagram for their inspiration, which drives me crazy it's either Instagram or Pinterest. Mm. And if it's mm, Pinterest, same. it's even worse because people don't even know where the yes. work is coming from. They don't know who did it. They don't know anything about it. And I cannot tell you, yes. and I don't mean this in an arrogant way, but I cannot tell you how many times I've received a mood board and it has my work on it. And I say, oh, I did that. And they're like, oh, you did? I had no idea. I found <laughs> it on Pinterest. I love this image. <laughs> but I think it's I think it's really unhealthy to rely on a platform like Instagram for inspiration because then you're basically just recycling. You're recycling the same looks over and over and over and then you're pissing somebody off. You're jeopardizing yes. your place in the makeup community, which is a big thing. It's an important mm-hmm. thing and you know, nobody looks out for us except for us. So your community looks out for you. Yeah. I have so many people who have graciously sent me messages and said, "Hey, is this your work? Because somebody posted it and they're saying it's theirs. Or, you know, six months ago, I had somebody using all of my work on their website, (laughs) um, claiming it as their own. And a few people Mm -hmm. reached out to me and this became like a whole thing. Um, You know, so nobody's looking out for us. So we have to look out for each other. And I think that includes not copying each other, you know, be conscious of that and just say like, hey, I noticed that a lot of these photos are from somebody I actually know. So I don't feel comfortable copying them. Um, but <laughs> I have my own ideas right. and I get what you're, what you're wanting from this. I get your aesthetic that you're looking for. So let's have a conversation or, you know, sometimes people ask me for photos too. And I hate that so much. Oh, I'm just going to be honest. I hate it. Don't ask me to put a mood board together. Yep. I hate it so much. Yep. Um, but if I have to, if it's yeah. a paid job, I will and do it. You know, I was, I I had a job in Paris and it was a really big job and it was very, very much my aesthetic. It was, you know, lots of glitter and lots of fun makeup. And after I was confirmed (laughs) and, you know, all flights were booked, they wanted to have me send them ideas. And in that case, to me, that's different. To me, that's, you know what, we've hired you for this job. You're already confirmed. We respect you. And we respect your experience and we want your ideas. That's why we hired you. So this is what we're going for. Let us know what you're inspired to do by seeing what our plans are. And that is different to me anyway. Did you did you do that with um, with words in what you wanted to do? Or did you compile images and send images? I did both. And something that I try to do when I'm forced to send photos is I try to pull from my own catalog of work because then I'm not copying anybody. Mm. So sometimes, you know, for that, for that shoot specifically, um, I was able to pull from my own work because it was glitter based. And as you know, I have a lot of glitter work. (laughs) So, um, but I will write notes. So I wrote (laughs) notes. So, uh, you know, for this look, this is what I'm planning something like this, but I'll probably change the shape or they'll change the color or imagine this in red, imagine this in pink, you know, Mm -hmm. give notes so that they have a full idea about what to expect. You will usually have another conversation too, but also let them know, how easygoing you are. Hey, if you don't like it, it's easy to change. It won't take long. You know, make sure that you're reassuring the client so that they're not scared because time is money, you know? So if you're not going to stick to a mood board, you have to convince them why and convince them that it's a good idea and reassure them that it's going to be okay. 
it's interesting that you're saying that because I was actually reached out to for a glitter shoot um, one time in New York. And the, of course, it's glitter. I'm like, I'm all there. I'm front row and <laughs> front center row. And um, that they brought me into the office. They just wanted to have a talk. I was not confirmed on this job. It was more like, Ooh, it's a little no. meet and greet. <laughs> I want to see. I don't know if it was that they wanted to see if they liked me or what was going on. It was really strange. I'm like, this is not normal. But I was like, I want this campaign and it's glitter. So hell yes. So I was like, I'll go. I'll get, you know, give a conversation. And first of all, the deck, half of it oh, was man. your work. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I know all this stuff. And I'm like, I literally was like, why are they not hiring Lonnie for this? Because this is her stuff. And I'm like, great. And I'm like, now I'm going to have to pivot so hard in this to be like, I obviously cannot copy the person I've worked with for 10 years. Um, and anyway, so we're like going through this whole deck and it was extensive. And then it was going to be body glitter and blah, blah, just so much stuff. So I was actually starting to get a little panicky. And I was like, I'm going to need assistance on this. I'm is I'm hoping this is a two to three day shoot. And they're like, Oh, no, it's just one day. <laughs> and you can have one assistant. And I was like, Well, this feels terrible already. And then um, and so then they didn't confirm me on the job. They were basically like, so um, what we're going to require is like, we want you to go home and, you know, just think about it tonight and then, you know, pull together like 10 different ideas, like eye, eye looks, you know, shapes on the face or the body or whatever. And just like, we want to see your creative ideas um, and send them, send them to us in the morning. And I was like, okay, um, I'll think about that. And I was like, thanks for the meeting. And I left. I'm going to interrupt you there, Lindsay, and just say the reason why they're asking yeah. you to do that is because they haven't even been awarded the job. So that means the production company is putting together the creative deck to send to the ad agency or to the client to try and get the job. So they're not doing their work. They're not doing their job at all. And right. sorry, I just had to right. interrupt that because things like that piss me off so much. And I think that as artists, yeah. we want these jobs so badly and we think, oh, wow, they want to talk to me about makeup. And da, da, da. If you're not confirmed on a job, you should not be giving them your ideas. And I know that this is where you learned this lesson. Yeah, because I basically I came back to my house and or my apartment in New York and I was I just I sat there for like an hour where I was like, I should be feeling so excited about, you know, the opportunity that's potentially going to be awarded to me. And I was really having like deep conflict about this. I'm like, they are literally wanting me to put work together ahead of time that they are not even paying me for. And I'm not even confirmed on the job. And I remember I actually reached out to you and I'm like, my gut is just like all a flutter on this. This doesn't seem right. And you were like, do not send them any ideas until you are confirmed. And I was like, yeah, right. And you're like, because they can then take those ideas and go and put them on a mood board or inspiration deck, or like you just said, a proposal to the client and go about their day. And then literally, you know, a month later, they hire someone else and I could just see my ideas that someone else did for more than likely a cheaper rate because I was asking for a lot. And, um, yeah, so I I um I told them unfortunately I'm not going to be able to do these um, inspirations until I'm confirmed on the job, and I kid you not, I never heard from them again. Literally, which ghosted. means that your instincts were like, right. Well, okay, and I saw that shoot later, and I thanked the gods that I was not <laughs> on that job because the expectations were so unrealistic on whoever did get on that job that it, it unfortunately I don't think it, it came off well. And I felt like, wow, that and and again, I probably would have seen my work very poorly executed um, on that job. So learned a lot through that one um, with the instincts of <laughs> my friend Lottie. <laughs> I, I think that this happens a lot, especially now, because I hate to keep saying this because it makes me sound like such an ageist. But I feel like people that work in production and that are at ad <laughs> agencies are getting younger and younger and less experienced. And their only point of reference is Instagram. I'm going to interject and, and just say, I think that that a part of it is is regardless of the age, because I, I mean, there. yes, I also think the same thing. But I think that there, the trickle down effect of information is no longer what it used to be, where, you know, like you would come into an ad agency and you would work with like maybe a lead creative. And so then you're learning from that person how to run these shoots. I just think that we it's just been diffused so much that people are coming in into jobs instead of learning from the people that were at them. Um, and so that that oversight and that pass down is just no longer. And so these younger, you know, younger to the industry um, 
talents are coming in with not really much to go off of. And they think they know what they're doing and they're not listening and hearing from an entire team or have had experience with a really good, well-oiled team. Now, I do want to just clarify that, you know, I said I don't like mood boards. I don't like working with mood boards. I mean that in respect to the makeup as far as being influenced by the makeup ideas. And it depends on who's sending me the mood board to because obviously photographers that I have Mm -hmm. longstanding relationships know how I work and they might just be putting the makeup in to the mood board for the rest of the crew, you know, because maybe we already had a conversation. Yeah. Like I'll use Jamie as an example because I work with her a lot. So she knows how I work. She knows what to expect. She knows we can have a conversation. She also knows I'm fast and I can change something. So she might've already had a conversation with me about ideas. And a lot of those photos on her mood board might be stuff I sent mm-hmm. her. So maybe she's putting it in there so that the stylist can see or so that modeling agency can see or whoever else is involved. It doesn't mean I don't look at the mood board. Cause I definitely look at the mood board. I look at yeah. the lighting reference. I look at the overall theme. I look if there's going to, going to be props. I want to know if it's shooting in studio or if it's on location, if it is on location, are we using natural light? Are we using strobes? Um, if I'm lucky, the Good. clothes will be included or at least a general idea of the clothes because then that kind of gives me an idea and my wheels can start turning before the shoot. So I do look at mood boards, but I don't rely on them to give me ideas for makeup. So I just wanted to clarify that because I think yeah. it's a little confusing. But I think I think that that's actually a great way to explain it because it does help for it, I think I look at a deck as a guideline. It shouldn't be the written law that that exact thing is going to happen unless I mean like you know I've worked with Clinique quite a few times and I love working with them and of course you know like we're doing 54 looks at some point you're going to do something someone's done before um but they have to map out everything very detailed and exactly what product is going to be used um and like where like where it will be used you know whether it's going to be like a happy smoky eye or if it's going to be just an all over lid shimmer those things are very directive and that's fine like that's the client needs something they're paying you for it and that you know these brands need to sometimes do that but when you're in a creative space, I think that it's different, you know, like you, you don't want to get so pigeonholed into an expectation. And then again, things can fall apart in many ways, as we've already said. And now everybody has this like unrealistic expectation, instead of looking at it as just a a starting point that we're jumping off of, and then we're going to expand from it. Absolutely. So I think it's good to just really think about it. And you know, our your, it was your idea to do this episode. I don't want to say our, um, I think your main (laughs) reason for doing this is just so that people understand that you don't have to work in one certain way, you know, and some people like mood boards. Some people maybe aren't as creative driven, creatively driven. And I think that that's okay too, but you have to know that you have options and you have a voice and you have an opinion and you can speak those things on set without being scared. You know, you're already there. They hired you for a reason. Yeah. They're not going to kick you off the shoot because you had an (laughs) idea. You know, if anything, they're going to respect you more because you're collaborating, you know, and so many people will say, Oh, well, I trust you. You're the makeup artist. I've heard that so many times, you know, but Mm -hmm. also clients are very literal, very literal. So make sure that you don't give them an idea without knowing who your model is, without knowing whether you can execute that idea, et cetera. Because if you tell them you're doing a brown smoky eye and you do a purple smoky eye, they're going to be upset. They're going to be confused. They're going to be like, wait a minute, this is what we talked about. Tell them why you're changing it. Let them know ahead of time. Is this okay? You know, is it okay for me to mix these two products together that you have, or do I have to stick to this one particular palette that we're shooting for? Those are all questions you need to ask because. Yeah. Yeah. What was I watching? Oh, I was watching glow up. Um, I love glow up. Mm -hmm. Shout out to glow up and Val and Dominic. Um, I was watching the recent series Mm -hmm. of glow up and they did one of the challenges was doing a campaign shoot. And one of the things that somebody got marked off for was that they created a color that didn't exist in the brand. And the brand, the Mm -hmm. the representative of the brand, Mm -hmm. the first thing she said was, well, that's bad because we don't sell that color. Instantly, you're disqualified. Instantly. So you have to think about those things (laughs) and remember that it's not 
It's not Oops. the Lottie show. It's not the Lindsay show. You have to make sure that you're doing what the client needs and what they can sell and be honest about and all of those things. Yeah, for sure. I want to really quick um, kind of give one more little story because I'm curious your take on it. Um, I know I, I think I actually talked to you about this one too, um, but this was in regards to an actual paid job and it wasn't a makeup heavy thing. I was doing makeup and hair, which is also, oh, um, <laughs> you asked me for a mood board with both of those and my mind just melts. Um, but it, it was for a paid job um, for like really great campaign again, like good money, all that, all that fun jazz. But um, the night before the job, and it was with a celebrity person that I was working with uh, doing makeup and hair on. And um, the night before, the client sends me a mood board because we were working with f- four different scenarios for this campaign. And the f- so the first one we're shooting, I get them the deck um, the night before. And I, it's just like it goes on for like 100 some pages. And I'm like, holy blech. And um, anyway, I get to the person we're shooting the, for the next day and it's the page is blank on hair, makeup, uh, wardrobe, like it just, it just didn't exist. And I'm like, whoa, this is tomorrow. So I message him back. I'm like, hey, what's going on here? And they're like, oh, we need you to fill in those pages. We need you to tell us what kind of hair and makeup you can do on this person. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, what? And I'm like, I really battled. I was like, I had this resistance where I'm like, you need to pay me to put your deck together like I felt like I needed to be paid to do this part like this is what the creative director or you know art director this is or photographer whoever is supposed to fill this thing out I had no context either I'm like I haven't met this person before I've never worked with them so I messaged them back and I kind of said all of that in in a respectful way I'm like I've never worked with this individual Um, I don't know how long their hair is at this moment I'm not sure what they're wearing, if the hair should be up or down. I don't know if they like heavy makeup. It seems like they like a lot of eye makeup. I don't feel comfortable putting my own opinion of direction into this. Like, what if, what if I'm all of a sudden I'm the fall guy if this mood board, like, pisses the, the celebrity off? Um, so I quite literally said, if this is something you need me to do, this is taking extra time out of my schedule, you'll need to pay me f- to do this. And I'm going to need a lot more information to be able to fill this out correctly. And about two seconds later, I get an email back. Never mind. Someone's filling it out. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I was panicked. I'm like, this is so If weird. you want my opinion on that situation, I wouldn't have said, you know, this is my time. You need to pay me. What mm-hmm. I would have said is... I've never worked with this talent before. So what I'm going to need is to have a meeting with the creatives and the celebrity first thing in the morning when they arrive so we can discuss Mm. this because I need to make sure that that person is comfortable with whatever hair and makeup you guys want. Um, Let's let's do a fitting. Let's see them in the outfit and then have a conversation because the celebrity has a very specific idea about how they want to be represented always. And if they don't, that's great because then you have more freedom and those are rare unicorns in the industry, but sometimes you get lucky. Um, But yeah, I think I'm not necessarily saying that what you said was wrong. It's just not what I would have said. I I would have done it differently. But sometimes you don't have that freedom either. I just, I think I just, yeah, I just think I felt I was getting really fed up with all of the mood boardy stuff. It was starting to overwhelm me from every job and every person. And I was like, you guys, I'm spending so much time on stuff that is my time, which is valuable. And this is somebody's paid job. And you're asking me to do it for free for what the joy of submitting to your your program. <laughs> but it, the funny thing was they filled out this information. I got I, I think I got it around midnight or one in the morning. So I didn't look at it until I was running out the door. So I couldn't throw much more in my kit. And when I got there, everything that was compiled, like you just said, the celebrity was like, mm, well, I want my hair down and I don't really I don't want that makeup. I want to do this for today. And it was all yep. the opposite. And I felt I, I felt good that I at least didn't contribute to that mood board, <laughs> you know, that it was like, well, that was kind of their inspiration. And, you know, now I'm just going to pivot and roll with whatever is going to make you happy. And it was a really great shoot. It wasn't like me speaking out in that way actually did not create a dramatic domino effect for the three days that we were shooting all these scenarios. If anything, I did feel like they respected that I was in the shoot, I was passionate about it, and everything went off without a hitch. And and like you were saying, like, most people might not say like, look, I need to be paid for my time. 
And I was very scared to do it, but I was so fed up. And so I thought I was also kind of validated in that they didn't then fire me and say, well, who's this chick wanting to get paid to yeah. do it? Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not I'm not advocating that anyone should say it that way. But you're also, but I was, you know, I asserted something. You're also an artist who is representing themselves. So that makes things a little bit different to my situation, too, yes, because true. usually because I'm yeah. with an agency, everything is kind of filtered through my agency before it gets to me. So an agent might, mm-hmm. you know, talk to the client and then they'll say That's to me, true. hey, yeah. um, they're wanting you to come up with the creative for this. How do you feel about that? Are you okay with that? If not, let me know and I will get back to them and tell them. But, and I might just say, this right. is what I think. And then they'll pass it on. So they're kind of a buffer. So it's different for you because you don't have that buffer right now. Um, and I, like I said, I don't think what you said is yeah. necessarily wrong because if we're creating creating the whole direction mm-hmm. of a shoot, obviously you should be paid for your time <laughs> if, if you're not on the job yet. But you don't always have yeah. that luxury. You know, sometimes we do yeah. things. We have conference yeah. calls that are two hours long that are completely unnecessary. We don't get paid for that, you know. So <laughs> it's an ebb it's and so flow true. for sure. Yes, exactly. It all panned out. But uh, yeah, there are obviously many ways to be able to approach it. And I think you have to go with your gut in a lot of these ways um, or like how you're going to communicate with the client. Do you know them? Is it the first time? And and I, I just want to encourage people to be brave um, you know, to, and, and talk to your fellow artists, have them help you support, like Lottie and I bounce things off of each other all the time, more me than her, <laughs> but I'm always going to her for stuff. And I, and I think that when you have someone who's been in the industry for a long time, they have that, um, just Rolodex of like the words to say, and, and they've, they've tried out different, um, ways of communicating with clients. And so they can also kind of help you along with that too, to make sure that you're, you know, communicating effectively and strong and maybe even role play it with you. I've had people do that with me too. role play something before I actually say it to a client so I can move through my anxiety. Cause that is something I battle with. Um, because to me, um, asking a question or asserting myself may feel a little bit confrontational for me when it isn't confrontational at all. It's just, yeah, I think business. I've done that with you once or twice, the role play thing to just yes. to make you feel at ease <laughs> about, about it. And it really does just come down to yeah. the correct wordage and communication. You know, don't yep. be on the defensive. Don't be rude. Don't be dismissive. Don't be arrogant. You have to meet them on a level playing ground and just say, Hey, this is my specialty and I have opinions. Can I share my opinions with you? Or, you know, Hey, I don't feel comfortable copying that look, but can we have a conversation? Tell me what it is that you like about that. You know, just, it's about wording things in the right way. Mm -hmm. And that takes practice. Obviously it takes experience, but I think if we put a bug in your ear, maybe it will help you for the next time you're in a scenario and you can kind of, you know, Put on your training wheels and, and try totally. to have those conversations. And if, if you're newer and you're testing, <laughs> this is a perfect time to exercise those skills and, and try to find your voice and and figure out your way of communicating with people. Totally. Start yes. early. Start in early on this. Um, it will help you in the long yeah. run. For Good sure. topic, Lindsay. Good topic. Um We're going to wrap it up now, but thank you guys for listening. And if you have any topics that you want us to cover, feel free to email us anytime at wespeakbeauty at gmail.com. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please consider leaving us a rating review on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify or even Mm -hmm. just sending us a message. Yeah, we love hearing from you guys. We do. It helps us get better and it helps us know what it is you guys are responding to. So with that being said, I'm going to wrap this up and we will see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Bye.